Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This week's episode is brought to you by Fulton, a modern brand of art support. Fulton launched the most comfortable, supportive, and sustainable insole on the planet. Fulton insoles have a deep heel cup and comfortable arch support that aligns your body from head to toe. They are made using sustainable materials like vegan cactus leather and cork, allowing them to mold to the shape of your arch and provide customized support. They are also shock absorbing, reducing impact on the body and are lined with natural foam to make them extra comfortable. Personally, I've never used insoles, but I do know a lot of people that do, and they talk about how it changes the way that they walk. Um, every now and then when I'm doing long walks with the dog, I can start to feel on the bottom of my foot, little, little sharp pain. So it's like, you know what, maybe I need some insoles. So Fulton, I got you. I'm going to check that out. Uh, Fulton is offering all listeners $10 off your next purchase at walkfulton.com. That's W-A-L-K-F-U-L-T-O-N.com. Use the code POD10, P-O-D-1-0, um, to get $10 off your purchase. Check out the website to see how Fulton can support you. Let's start the show. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I'm your host. Uh, this episode is airing on Sunday, May... What's Sunday? May 9th? Yeah, Sunday, May 9th. Happy Mother's Day to any mothers that may be listening <laughs> right now. Um, but uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, May 4th, so in case uh, any of the dates seem off, that's why. Uh Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. Um, we're getting back into the swing of things. Uh, just finished the Back in the Day Tournament Volume 2 last week, and now we're getting back to your regularly scheduled program in the studio. We got longtime guest, friend, family member, Joe G in the studio. What's up? Yo, 
What's up, man? It feels good to be back in the studio. Oh, yeah. It's only right um, <laughs> as we come off the tournament, get back to the regular things, you know, and as everything is opening up out in the world as well, we get the homie back in the studio, the 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 guest with the most appearances on the podcast, <laughs> um, adding one more to his resume. All right, all right. Karen, Karen was uh, trying to move up on the list. Yo, she <laughs> was. She did seven in a row. You know, she was. You know, she was trying to stack her numbers right, using right. the pandemic to her benefit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, Not quite. I had to step in as soon as the tournament. Was <laughs> right. You was like, yo, yeah. When that, when that's over, when that's over. Let's do it. Um, so this week we're getting back into the swing of things. Uh we got Joe. He's gonna join for the song of the week in the press play segment. Uh and then in the dig deeper segment this week, we're gonna be revisiting Drake's Views album. Uh it was the five year anniversary of Views last Thursday, April 29th. It's kind of crazy that it's been five years since that album dropped. It doesn't seem like it, but it it really has. And so what we're gonna be talking about in the Dig Deeper segment. Um, when that album dropped, we actually did a podcast episode, I believe it was track number 28, um, where we discussed views. Um, so we're going to revisit the album, think about its legacy and see, you know, how we think about it now compared to how we thought about it back then. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to jump into the song of the week. Take it away. Yeah, guys. So, um, ladies and gents, I know I haven't been on the podcast in a while, but since the last time I've been on a podcast, I've really grown to like this artist, Rod Wave. Man, that's my guy. He be speaking to me. So this week's song of the week is from his latest album called Soulfly, and the song is Invisible Scar by Rod Wave. Check that out. Nice, nice. I've been um I've been listening to I haven't been listening to as much as I want to. Um, but every now and then, one of his songs will just show up in a playlist, and I'm like, man, I keep forgetting. I need to check out this dude's albums because his voice is so smooth. Yeah, um, he got a crazy flow with it. So yeah, I, I really like it. What was the name of the song again? Invisible Scar. Invisible Scar. Um, so as you all know, everything that we talk about in the podcast can be found in the podcast newsletter. So the link to this song, I'm sure there's probably a music video or at least a YouTube video. The link to that. Um, will be in the podcast newsletter. If you go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com, uh, right on the homepage, there's a place you can put your email address in. You'll get the podcast newsletter in your inbox every week. There's an episode. Literally, I, I launch the uh, the episode in the newsletter at the same time. So once you get that news, newsletter in your inbox, the episode is live. Um, if you don't want the, you know, to be added to the mailing list, you know, I know a lot of people don't like to be putting their email out there and stuff like that. <laughs> Go ahead to the newsletter tab on the website. All the newsletters are right there. Um, all right. So yeah, go check out Invisible Scar by Rod Wave. Uh, and let's jump into the press play segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Press Play segment. Uh, to those of you that are new to the podcast, this is where I talk to you about any new music, new music videos, new performances, albums, anything going on in the hip-hop and R&B genres since the last episode that I think you should know about. Uh, so let's start with the first part, the things that you should check out. Uh, first up is Logic. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you heard uh, Logic retire like... Yeah. three months ago or something like that when he dropped his album whenever he dropped uh uh no pressure i think was his no Two? pressure 
Oh, no nah. pressure. No. Nah. I think it was no pressure because his debut was oh, under pressure. Yeah, under pressure. That's and okay. then his last one was no pressure. Yeah. I think something like that. Um, but he retired. I'm putting it in quotes. I actually, man, I fell for it. I actually believed him. I was like, you know no. what? He probably is retiring. But homie's no, back. Man. He already back. I think everybody knew he was coming back to the field. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're right. I was like, I mean, he do got a kid, and he be he be gaming on Twitch all the time. Mm. So maybe he just trying to do something new. He got like a Twitch deal that gave him a bunch of money. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, maybe maybe he actually hanging it up. I think he was just tired of being like, I don't know, people are really hard on him. His bro, record. they really are. Why, bro? Like when he <laughs> announced he retired, I went on the blogs, and all the blogs was like, good, stay gone. I'm like, dang. Jeez. I'm like, I thought he was good. I'm like, he's a good rapper. What, like, what we doing? <laughs> um, but he's he's officially back. He he linked up with Mad Lib. Uh, they're forming a group called Magic, um, which I think is it's like okay, it's kind of clever. <laughs> it's, it's it, it don't roll off the tongue as well because yeah. it's got the D in it, M A D G I C. But it's like I see what you're trying to do. Um, so they dropped a new song called Mars Only Part Three, and apparently they got a whole tape that they did during quarantine that they're going to drop at some point so he's you know he's back like like when he when he dropped his like beat tape that was just beats i was like okay that that don't technically count you still retired then he dropped a tape under like a, a, a alias really yeah it was called like dr something dr doom or something like that gotcha. and then i was like uh, i don't know they technically you still make him and now he dropped all the songs <laughs> like all right you back um but definitely go check out that song it's, it's actually really dope um some new music videos that dropped corday um he dropped an ep uh just until um you know it's to hold us over until his album drops man that ep is tough it's only four songs four but songs. He, he really got the hype going for his album um and this song dreaming color is one of my favorites and he he dropped a music video for it and it's dope i watched it yesterday it's tight uh I'm glad he dropped the YBN from his name. I think that was the right business decision for your boy. They like, didn't really fit in. No. Like, he was head above. Yeah, the, the other two like, make sense together. But, like, he it was just like, yo, what you doing here, bro? Like, you definitely the Beyonce of this group, man. <laughs> like, beyond. Like, like come on. Even the competition. Spread your wings, bro. <laughs> just get, get on out there. Yeah. Um, make sure they good, but you got right. you got to separate yourself. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so check out that new music video. Ty Dolla Sign dropped off a new music video for his song "By Yourself." Um, it was actually really dope. That's one of my favorite songs from his last album featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Um, but the music video, I think, it's for the remix because Bryson Tiller is in it. Uh, Janae Aiko's original verse is in there, and then Tiffany Haddish is in it, just like doing a bunch of dancing. But she was actually she was breaking it down like oh, I was right. watching yesterday I was like yo she got some moves like she was she was funny with it but it was like it was still good dancing still yeah yeah um <laughs> so shout out to Tiffany Haddish shout out to Ty Dolla Sign for that new music video Baby Keem dropped off a new song and music video with Travis Scott called Do Rag Activity have you heard this song bro <laughs> no I haven't <laughs> but I feel like I'm gonna like it because I always got my Durag <laughs> Bro, have you? Do you know Baby Keem? Yeah, I do know Baby Keem. Man, I I think people sleep on this dude. I think he's he's next up. He's a sleeper. Yeah, um, a yeah. lot of people don't know about him. He kind of young. He's Kendrick Lamar's cousin, and yep. you can honestly see a lot of the resemblances uh, in just the way they look, and then also some of the flows that he be hitting. Mm-hmm. Sounds like 
what Kendrick was doing on Damn a lot. Like when Kendrick be playing around. Yeah, when he be playing around, that's what Baby Keem sounds like on a regular. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I think that's what y'all be influencing each other for sure. Um, but this song Do Rag Activity is dope and the video is dope too. Travis killed it. Like Oh yeah. I'm- he's he's getting ready to drop his Utopia project. If not this year, definitely next year. So, you know, he's got his Astro World Festival uh popping off in November. Yeah, so I it's, know he's it's focusing on that right now. Yeah, so but I could see him dropping the album before the festival to get people ready for it. Ooh. Cause November, it's it's only May. He could easily drop his album during the summer. Um Ooh. in like July or even August. Ooh. That's enough time for people to already know all the words. So you know, keep it locked. I, I I'm not ruling out Travis dropping that album this year, but um, this Baby Keem song is dope. Uh, another thing you should check out: Jay Z did an interview with the Sunday Times, um, where he was talking about pretty much pretty much everything, like just his life, um, and you know, being the the huge star that he is and the huge businessman that he is. So it was a dope, uh, a dope interview to read. So check that out. All of that's in the podcast newsletter. Uh, rumor mill and the announcements. Uh, Mac Miller's estate um, is dropping off a, a book about him. It's called The Book of Mac, Remembering Mac Miller. Um, and actually, I don't know if his estate is dropping it. It's an artist or a, an author who like kind of wrote a biography, but she also interviewed a bunch of his friends like Thundercat, um, people like that. So it's probably going to be a good book. I'm going to buy it. It's going to be out October 26th. Uh, Raekwon from Wu-Tang Clan dropping off a, a book called From Staircase to Stage, the story of Raekwon and the Wu-Tang Clan. Really long title. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe dial that back like a few words, but um, that's coming out November 9th. I'm probably going to get that because I, I really don't know much about Wu-Tang Clan. I've heard their most popular music, but I haven't really dug into their music like I should. And I'm just... They're such a, a popular and dynamic group because there's so many of them that it's like I'd be interested to to hear about and to read about them from one of their perspectives. So um, I'm probably going to get that book, too. Yeah, I watched their uh, Hulu series. Oh, I've been meaning to watch that. Was it good? Uh, it was tough. Okay. The first okay. season. Um, I only watched the first season. I don't think the second season's out yet, but it was okay. really good. It made me listen to like two of their albums. Oh. They kind of talked about like them walking through the first album. That might that might help me like dig deeper, no pun intended, into uh <laughs> into their album. So yeah, I'm gonna watch that. Uh, another thing you you all need to check out. Uh, July second, Questlove is directing his very first movie, Questlove from the Roots. Um, and I'm very excited about it. It's called Summer of Soul. And essentially what it is, is an exploration of the 1969 Harlem Culture Festival. So they were essentially a series of shows that took place the exact same summer as Woodstock, the like like crazy popular uh, music festival and music and everything, drugs festival, um, back in 1969. Um, this Harlem Culture Festival took place the same summer. It was between June and August at... Uh, it used to be called Mount Morris Park. Now it's called Marcus Garvey Park. This festival had performances from Nina Simone, B.B. King, Stevie Wonder, Sly and the Family Stone, Gladys Knight, Mahalia Jackson, so many more. And so Questlove is, you know, basically like, you know, everybody's talking about Woodstock, but nobody is really chronicling this like historic like music festival that took place the same summer in Harlem. And so that's what Summer of Soul is about. It's coming out July 2nd on Hulu and it's going to be in theaters. I'm telling you i'm gonna see that movie at least three times in theaters especially now that movies are back like 
I, I love music documentaries and especially ones about like artists that I like and I've heard. So I'm really excited about that. Next thing on the list, Gucci Man. You know, I tell you all every year, if there's one thing that's certain in life, <laughs> it's the fact that Gucci Man and Future are going to drop an album every year. An album, an EP, a mixtape, they drop in music every year. And so right on schedule, Gucci Man announced June 18th, he's dropping his album called Ice Daddy. <laughs> so, I don't know if homie's uh, capitalizing off of the momentum. Uh, he just did like a an Ivy Park mm. collab with Beyonce called Icy Park, which I thought was clever. It's like, I'm with that. That's, that's cool. <laughs> um, so now he's dropping his Ice Daddy album. I'm not going to say I'm excited about it, but I'm going to listen to it. So, <laughs> you it's know what it is. Two or three songs. Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to get those two or three, and then I'm going to leave it alone. (laughs) Um, What else? Uh, We may get a follow-up to the Weekend's After Hours album. Uh, He mentioned that he's piecing together an album that he made during quarantine that he's really proud of. Uh, Who knows how long it'll take him to piece it together, but I would say that definitely by maybe this time next year, we'll have a new Weekend album. So if it's anything like After Hours, it's going to be some heat. I'm excited for that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The weekend, the weekend knows what he's doing. Um, J Cole today. Yes, today. I was like gonna talk about it if you wasn't. <laughs> literally, literally, I just pulled it up on my phone, bro. Literally, I was like, he get down on the list. Bro. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's it's I I had it, I had it. Look, I I had originally written because Boz from Dreamville, mm-hmm. he posted and deleted. A caption hinting that uh, something from Cole's project was going to release uh, in two weeks. And he he posted that uh, maybe like a week and a half ago. So it was it would have been this Friday. Mm-hmm. He kind of hinted like two weeks. Something's coming. And I was like, this is either going to be a single from Cole's project or this is going to be Cole's project. Um, and then Cole today announced that the offseason season will be dropping um, May 14th. So not this upcoming Friday, but... Well, actually, you're hearing this Sunday. So not two days ago, but next Friday. Um, I'm I'm very excited about wow. this. I'm, like, nervous. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's been a minute. Bro, yeah. Like, KOD was 2018, bro. Three years ago. Wow. Three years ago. Um, I mean, obviously, they've given us Revenge of the Dreamers since then, but... KOD was his last solo project. He released that list uh, maybe a few months ago about like the things that he he wants to do before he retires, and he had crossed off like features. Remember in 2018, I think it was he had like a ton of features. He was putting a bunch of people on. He had Revenge of the Dreamers three crossed off. Um, it might have been one other thing that he had crossed off. I don't remember what it was. Um, and he had three things uncrossed. It was the off season. It's a boy. And uh, the fall off, the fall off, we already knew he had mentioned like that was going to be an album. So I guess the fall off is like his final, I thought that was final project. I thought so, too. But then um, he had mentioned like the off season um, was going to be in between there. But people was like, is that an album? Is that something else? Um, we, we can confirm it's an album with a dope album cover uh, with him on the basketball court with the whole hoop uh, on flames. Um I think we're about to get some serious heat. I don't know what the It's a Boy project is. It might not even be a project. It could be something else. Uh, 
it, there's no way like the thing he wants to knock off his bucket list is like having a boy because like what's that got to do with us and like that could be a thing but like <laughs> you, you can't control that yeah. so like I don't, trying, you, <laughs> so I'm curious it's like is that a I, I feel like it's related to music yeah. or maybe even his Puma line or something we'll see we'll see um but I'm very excited for this album May May 14th I'm I already, I already put on the Instagram. It's like that's a Friday, so two days later on that Sunday, you know I'm talking about it. Yeah, that's it. You gotta lock in. Oh yeah, I'm. I ain't gonna be listening to nothing else. Um, may even keep it on during all my memes at work. Like, oh yeah, don't mind that. That's just J Cole's album. <laughs> right. You know, it's dope, but I'm not turning it off. So. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just be on mute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just chat me whatever you gotta say. Right. Um. So that's dope. Uh, what else? Jay-Z officially is selling title to the Square Company, which I'm pretty sure is the company that makes the little like credit card readers. That yeah. So that's kind of random, but he sold it for $302 million. I don't know. I don't know what percentage of title Jay-Z owned, but I guarantee you it was enough for him to get a bunch of millions off of this off of this deal. Yeah. Um, so that's crazy. And I heard that everyone... Every artist that was on title got like eight million. Yeah, because he made them part owners he made when them he part owners. That's crazy. And I think he still has like, um, not not like the what's the legal word for like he still has like legal say so or whatever. Oh, like, so he's got like he's got like an advisory role or something, something like that. Like, or does he still have like a percentage? Because I, I heard he that Square was gonna have eighty percent. So maybe he still has like some percentage in there, and he still got maybe like a board of director spot yeah, or something like it's that. Something, but I was just like, man, when every artist get eight million, like listen, yo, that was yay, Rihanna, all yep. that was just everybody like, he rolled out in that in that uh first that first show. That you know that's dope. As much as we made fun of title, and like as as much as people like still make fun of like not getting title. Um, cause I, I really didn't see a, a benefit of like choosing it over one of the other ones. Cause when it first came out, it was a little more expensive and the, the lossless audio thing never, I don't, maybe I, I don't know. I, I never really could tell a difference and that was like their like premium thing. Um, but he did what he said he was going to do. He was putting the money in the, in the artist's hands. You know, I think they had a pretty high rate of like money per stream, uh, for each of their songs so you know he he really did put the artists uh, the power in the artist's hands and uh, i can't fault him for that and now they they got paid and and i know we're gonna get into this later but i mean that is something that paid off in the long run because we're gonna talk about views mm -hmm. and you know his pop style verse wasn't on views oh yeah yeah you know what i mean because views was getting released on apple music yep. instead of titles so yep Hey man, you gotta make sacrifices, bro. <laughs> you make you sacrifices. do. It definitely that paid stuff, off. That stuff paid off, man. Um, let's see. What was the last thing? Oh, the Grammys. They announced that they were getting rid of the secret committees um, that selected the winners of the main awards. Now, the weekend, you know, after he got snubbed, he was like, "I'm boycotting the Grammys because they got all these secret committees that actually make the decisions and all of that." Um, the Grammys announced like, yo, we're eliminating the secret committees and the weekend was like, I'm still boycotting. Like, I'm, I don't care. Like it's over that like, y'all did me wow. dirty and now I'm out of here. Uh, I'm interested to see how that, how that pays off. I do think the Grammys have been making a lot of important changes since Harvey Mason Jr. Who was the black man, um, became the president. 
Um, I'm interested to see what happens. Um, I think they've been making some good decisions as far as the nominees and stuff for the categories over the past two years. Um, we'll see if they can keep that that upward, you know, mobility with that. Um, but it's kind of sad they lost the weekend because he should have won. Yeah, he should have racked up for after hours last year. Yeah, he should have. Or and this the year. thing is, you're never gonna get it right. There, nobody's ever gonna get it all right. Someone's nope. always gonna be pissed. But yep. Yeah, the weekend should have at least been like. Sorry, yeah. I'm a big weekend fan. Yeah, yeah, he 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 should have been guaranteed for sure record of the year, and then best R and B album. I feel like he probably would have won that too. Mm. Um, I think uh, who ended up winning it? Uh, I don't remember. It was either Janae or I know John Legend won traditional, but Urban Contemporary. I feel like it was Janae. Um, but yeah, I feel like the weekend would ended up winning that. Mm. Um, upcoming and recently released albums on 420, of course. Snoop Dogg dropped off his album From the Streets to the Sweets. Um, I haven't listened to it yet, but that's because I'm never really in a rush to listen to a Snoop Dogg album. Like, it'll be there and it'll be pretty much exactly what I expect it to be. Um, <laughs> Yellow Wolf. Um, you remember Yellow Wolf, bro? Yeah, man. I used to listen to his mixtapes back in the day. Same, stuff, same. And stuff. then once he kind of crossed over to making like albums, I think I listened to his first album and then I just kind of lost interest. Yeah. Um, but he's still been making music. He's had a, I forget what he called it, but he's been releasing an album every week in April. Um, so I guess it's over now. But uh, an he released album? an album every week. Uh, so he released two, I, rem- I forgot their names already. But on the 23rd, he released Mile Zero. And on the 30th, he released Mudmouth. Um, but yeah, he released four albums in April. Um, one of them was a, a collab album with Riff Raff, who I also forgot about. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> I know you ain't even heard that name in Jeez. a few years, bro. <laughs> I was like, Riff Raff? What? <laughs> oh. Needless to say, I didn't listen to that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> April 25th, uh, Corday dropped off his Justin Till EP. Um, on the 30th, uh, DJ Khaled dropped off his latest album, Khaled Khaled. Um, you listen to that album? I gave it two listens. Same. Um, it was good. Yeah, I'm peop- never in a rush, rush to listen to Khaled. Same. Like, a lot of people really on the internet, bro, was like mad because the album wasn't that good. And I'm like, but when is his album's ever that good, y'all? Like, he he drops like this album. He got all these mismatched artists together, like Justin Bieber with Popcon or something Dang like that. Right. And it's like, uh-huh. what? Sometimes it works, and sometimes it's like, nah, that wasn't it. But like. I'm never listening to a DJ Khaled where I'm like, yo, that was fire. Like, it's like, yo, it's like four songs on here that I'm going to keep in my playlist and I'm never listening to this album again. Yeah. And that's exactly how it goes. Yeah. And honestly, this time around, the two songs he released with Drake, Pop, uh, Pop Star and Grease, um, I think were some of the best on there. So I already kept those. And then it was the first song with Jeremiah and Lil Wayne called Thankful. That was decent. I actually really like that song because... Because of the meaning behind it, because you know Jeremiah was in the ICU with COVID last year. Yeah, he was. And so for the first track to be, um, I think it sampled "Heart of the City" or it sampled the song that "Heart of the City" uh, samples the Jay Z song. Um, and for Jeremiah to come up with the vocals, talking about being thankful and stuff, I was like, "Yo, he really did have a serious year last year. Like this got some meaning behind it." So I messed with that song. Um, it was maybe another one. Jay-Z and Nas. The Jay-Z Nas one. I thought that was decent. Um, so, yeah, you know, but I didn't think I was going to like 30 or 75% of the album. So, never. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, 
Who else? Oh, Shelly, a formerly known as Drum, bro. If you haven't listened to that album, Shelly. I have been listening to that album nonstop, bro, bro. I didn't even know that was Drum now. Yeah, so <laughs> Shelly's his real name. Oh. Um, and so he decided that he's about to go by his real name now. He's retiring the Drum persona. And so on Apple Music, his name is Shelly, formerly known as Drum. Like, that's his whole name. I think eventually he might uh, switch it to just Shelly. Or maybe it's forever going to be Shelly, formerly known as Drum. But he oh. dropped off his self-titled album uh on friday and bro it, it's a it's a r&b album he's not really doing a lot of rapping it's like all r&b but honestly i think that's the lane he needs to stay in because it's fire bro it's it's my favorite album of the year already and we, it's yeah, been a it's yeah. been a light year we haven't really had a lot of albums where i was like yo this is tight jasmine sullivan's album was was dope but i'm really messing with with shelly's album okay. it's it's fire okay um, i literally didn't know who that was i just yeah. saw it on my phone it's like oh Shelly FKA <laughs> Drum, yeah. I thought that was a totally different person. Yeah, it's um it's a really dope album and actually um he did a tiny desk. Um I don't know if y'all know what tiny desk is, but NPR they usually when they're in their offices they do like an intimate performance. Artists come in, do three, four songs in front of the NPR employees in the NPR offices. Uh, cause of the pandemic, they've been doing NPR from home where the artist kinda like performs wherever they want and send in the video. Um so Shelly uh, did a, a NPR Tiny Desk with the the three singles that he released from this album, and it's so good. Like I, I really like this album. I know for a fact this album is gonna be on my top list by the end of the year because I haven't stopped listening to it. It ends and I just started back over again because it's that That's smooth. Crazy. It's smooth. Okay. Uh, so definitely check that out. It's got a thinking outside the boombox endorsement for sure. Um. And then we already talked about the offseason by J. Cole dropping on the 14th. Um, so that's it for the press play segment. Like I mentioned, the uh, podcast newsletter will have all the information you need. Uh, we're going to take a short break, uh, and then we'll be right back with the Dig Deeper segment. Once again, this week's episode is brought to you by Fulton, a modern brand of arch support. Fulton launched the most comfortable, supportive, and sustainable insole on the planet. Fulton believes wellness starts from the ground up and that the feet are the foundation of our bodies. Fulton insoles offer comfortable arch support to align your body from head to toe, mitigating pain, providing comfort, and improving posture. Fulton is creating a world where the shoes we wear are actually good for our bodies, providing you with a sturdier foundation for a healthier future. And they're also offering listeners $10 off your next purchase at walkfulton.com, W-A-L-K-F-U-L-T-O-N.com. Use the code POD. 10 POD 10 for $10 off at walkfulton.com. Check out the website to see how Fulton can support you. Let's get back into the show. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Dig Deeper segment. Um, I mentioned at the top of the episode, we're talking Drake's Views. Last Thursday marked the five-year anniversary of Drake's Views album. Um, 156 episodes ago, me and Joe sat down to discuss how we felt about the album. I think it was a week after it was released. Um, I think Views is Drake's most polarizing album. Um, a lot has been said about it in the five years since its release, and I wanted to sit down, kind of revisit the album, see how we feel about it now. Has anything changed? Because I, I listened back to the episode that we did. Same. Um, and there was definitely some songs where I was like, dang, I wasn't feeling that song. 
And now I'm like, yo, this is one of my favorite tracks. Right. And I feel the opposite of some. Ooh, okay, Man, okay. So we're going to get into some. that. Uh, so I kind of just wrote down some thoughts of what we said in the first episode, and then we can kind of talk about how we feel about it now and how it compares to that. Um, so one thing we both recognized was that there was major hype around Drake's fourth album, Views, uh, his fourth studio album. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the years between Nothing Was The Same, his third album, and Views, Drake had a huge beef with Meek Mill, mm-hmm. a public beef with Meek Mill, yeah, yeah. that he won. Um, it birthed one of his most popular songs, Back to Back, one of the most catchy diss records in hip-hop history. Um, he released two commercial mixtapes. They technically weren't albums. They were just mixtapes for sale, which is like, what's the difference? But um, if you're reading This Is Too Late and What A Time To Be Alive, both of those were highly regarded. Um, a lot of people think If You're Reading This Is Too Late is Drake's best album. I disagree, but yep. I respect that opinion. Um Drake was at the top of his game. Um, This was an album where he promised that he was kind of getting back into the space he was in when he made Take Care. Um, Because, you know, he he recorded this back in Toronto. It was about Toronto. Um, He he mentioned that it it represented and reflected the seasons of Toronto. He was basically like, Toronto only gets two seasons, uh, summer and winter. It's winter, then it goes to summer, and then it goes back to winter. And so he was like, the album reflects that. And I was like, okay. Um... What else? Uh, we liked the album in general. Mm-hmm. We thought it was Drake doing what Drake does best. We thought it was too long. And we thought that Drake didn't rap enough. Um, we thought that the turn-up tracks that he had were great. We had mixed feelings about songs like Controller, Child's Play, and Nine. Uh, we didn't think the album was Take Care level Drake or even his most cohesive composed album. But we thought it was solid. Um, and this was just a week a week after us listening to it. So we maybe got like, I think we were playing it on repeat for like a week um, mm-hmm. before we recorded. Um, and the culture of Views' reputation isn't as positive. It's referred to pretty poorly in comparison to the rest of his, his catalog. People thought it was too long. They thought Drake was culturally appropriating uh, with all of the Caribbean dance hall-like songs. Uh, they thought it was a letdown after the monster year he had. And it's routinely described as like one of the worst albums in his catalog. Um, conversations of Drake falling off started to arise. Like people were like, oh, maybe, maybe he's reached his peak. Can he reach take care levels again? Does Drake really have anything left to say? Can he challenge himself? Because I will say like lyrically, um, the album was, it was what Drake was always talking about, you know, from a, from a lyric standpoint, I can see how stagnant, stagnant it was. It was like, oh, he's talking about the same stuff he was talking about on every other album. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was our our general thoughts. Did you have any other things that you thought we said in the beginning that was different from that? Yeah, I think you mentioned. Yeah, you. I think it's pretty similar. That's what I gathered from listening to it again. Okay. Yeah. That, so that's exactly what I was thinking. So let's let's talk about how we feel about it now. It's five years later. Wow. Um, he's released since then. Uh, More life. His playlist. Uh, Scorpion, his double disc album in the midst of his Pusha T beef. Mm-hmm. Um, he's released some Lucy albums like, uh, what was it called? Care Package, which was like the Lucy's he's released from back in the from day. Back in the day. He put them all in one album, the ones that weren't really available on streaming. Like we was out here on SoundCloud and YouTube whenever we wanted to listen to Paris Morton music. Um, he released that and then he released Dark Lane demo tapes, which was also just some demos he had lying around. 
that a lot, some of it was like pretty good. So that's what he's released since Views. Uh, I don't think I missed anything. I think that was it. What was the last one? Scorpion. That was his last album. No, no, no. He's he put out like three songs. Like oh, of Scary Hours. Scary too. Hours. Yeah. yeah. So that's the one that's getting us ready for Certified Lover Boy, which mm-hmm. is supposed to come out this year. Um, so what do you what what do you think about Views now? I'm gonna come out the gate. Ooh. I think Views is my favorite album outside of Take Care. Oh, okay. I'm gonna okay. come out the gate. There are a lot of songs that I like on here. And I thought like when I listened to it the first time, I thought that like, man, I was like living in the moment. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, man, it's just like Drake coming out. It's been like I I think we recorded that like less than a week. Yeah, it might have like, been. It was like a week or less. Yeah. And so like we were like I was oh, facts. really hyped. Um, yep. And so, like, I think that it it, it lived up to the hype. Like, mm-hmm. I really do think it. I I I don't understand why people have so many negative things to say, if they're only talking about it from the perspective that we had back in the day, mm-hmm. from the perspective from five years ago that he didn't rap enough, mm-hmm. that um, he didn't address Meek Mill like that. Which I, legacy wise, that mm-hmm. was smart because yeah. they were working with each other. Meek Mill had a really rough 2019, 2018. <laughs> so. Facts. And like he had already I feel like he had already ended that beef. Like yeah. he did back to back Meek's diss flop. Like there was nothing else to really do with exactly. Meek Mill. Exactly. Everything played out perfectly. Yeah. And he still perfect. subbed him here and there yeah. on views. So on views, you know. Like on the, the track views. Right, right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I felt like I think I think since then, mm-hmm. there are a few songs that I didn't like. It, five years ago that we could talk about okay or songs that i really like that that i really like now uh-huh and even like i don't know if you want to go by category that we discuss like because it's like we t- talk about legacy i have a few things to talk about that oh so we'll, we'll get to legacy okay, later okay, um okay. that's gonna be the last one but um so what are the what are the songs that you said you had some that you liked before that you don't like now yeah what are those so the songs that i really didn't like that I that I did like, wait the songs. Wait, what are you asking? Yeah, so the ones that you you liked five years ago oh, that you okay. don't like now. Yeah, so I'm not a big fan of hype anymore. Really? Yeah. Say more. Like it's all right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as hype anymore. It's not as, it's not as hype, bro. Like, no, I'm just kidding. Like they okay. I just think that maybe. I heard it too much, mm. and then when sometimes when you hear Drake rapping too much, you realize like it's not that cold. Yeah, to <laughs> other, like real rappers. Right, like, right, yeah. All right, but you know it was really popular. It was, yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's what helped it. Uh-huh. And honestly, if I want to be honest with you, like some of the weaker songs on here, he made singles. Yeah. And so it kind of be like the. The best songs on here will not even make the radio. That I, the, my favorite songs on here won't make the radio. True, true. And so I was like, man, was that like strategy? Because <laughs> like Child's Play was trash. I think that's consistent uh, with yes. what I felt five years. Yes, ago. yes. Like, yes. I so I I do Tyra think Banks <laughs> you wasted Tyra Banks. You wasted Tyra Banks, Banks <laughs> for a cheesecake skit, bro. Come on. Um, I I do think that that song is like it's catchy, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and that's the only thing it has going for him. Lyrically, it's weak. The beat is like, eh. but like it's catchy. Like the whole bounce that thing, like whoa. Like I can see why. Like, but he's not really saying anything. <laughs> no, for real. I mean, I agree with you. 
this is the same thing we said about this. Right, right. So like that one, that one is kind of like I've I've grown more on Child's Play just from a like I'm I might not skip it because it's it's still like catchy like it'll, it'll still get you moving. Mm-hmm. But like if I'm thinking about like is this a good song and actually I'll get to this because I I decided some songs that he probably should have left off. Um, Child's Play is one of those like I probably wouldn't have put that song on there like yeah. you know he. He, you know, he made a meme out of it with the music video and stuff. But, like, yeah, it wasn't a good song. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Another song. Uh-huh. This is not about to be good because I was Uh-oh. really gassing up this song <laughs> five years ago. And I was like, I'm not a huge fan of Grammys either. Oh, that's like most of the turn-up songs on the I album. I know. Well, so, me, what is it? What changed about it? The lyrics. Oh, what got you. Saying? Got you. Got what you. What is Future saying? Really? <laughs> I mean, but what is Future ever saying? Right, right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this was like super high college Joe that really liked these. So that's a that's a good point. Maybe I'm just more of a chill. Yeah, I I think you're joking. I think your I think your like rap tastes are just becoming more refined. Yeah. Like that's probably what it is. I like was really into these two songs. Yeah. That just named, but then yeah. I hear it, I'm like, eh. Yeah, so like so I think I think what you gotta think of with those two songs specifically is there are there are I think two levels to rap and Drake. Mm-hmm. Um there's like confident, just bragging rapping Drake, which is what he's doing on hype and Grammys. Mm-hmm. And then there's like Drake like giving you bars, giving you stuff to think about, like substance rapping Drake. Um and he's got some songs on of like that on on here on this album, but confident bragging Drake is not trying to like give you anything deep. He's making a song like this just to get you to turn up, just to give you some quotables, mm-hmm. but it's not it's it's I think that rapping Drake is more for an energy and a vibe than it is for like actually like listening to what he's saying. Yeah. And so for that reason, I still mess with hype and Grammys because I listen to them just to get like hype. I'm not listening to them to be right. like, absolutely. Like I need, I need you to like really like rap about something. Mm-hmm. Like I go other places on this album for that. Right. But like, I'm, I will say about hype and, and Grammys, like I was working out, uh, doing my first listen of views mm-hmm. for this for this episode, and I was doing some cardio, and hype came on, and I swear, bro, like when he, when, up a little when, bit. bro, when he almost punched, I, I almost punched a mirror, bro. Like I was doing some cardio, I was like, yo, this song, like I swear, I almost punched a mirror because I was I was that hype to this song. Like he's 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 aggressive on that song and i i do like when drake like raps really aggressively like he getting he's in his bag but i do see what you're saying like he's not really saying anything of note really on those songs that's real that's um did you have any other ones that you don't like anymore that you did so you said child's play you said uh hype you said grammys yeah those are the ones that i that I'm like not that into anymore, and I, okay. I think we already we both did not like pop style, but I kind of yeah. liked it before. I think I like it a lot less now, though. Yeah, when I, I went back and re-listened to the one that had Kanye and and Jay Z on, and I was like, oh, this one's way better. Yeah, I was yeah, like, <laughs> my statement still stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I didn't I didn't have any additional ones that I don't like, but like all the most of the ones I didn't like before, I. 
um, don't like now. Mm-hmm. But now we can transition to the ones that we didn't like before that we do like now. And right off the bat, I'm going to say, like, I was lukewarm about Feel No Ways and Controller. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I listened back to myself say that, I was Come like, on, what? Come on, bro. Bro, Feel No Ways and Controller are, like, two of my favorite songs. Not, not only off this album, but in Drake's catalog. Like, I just love both of those songs. And I can't believe I didn't like them before. I agree with I you. Said, I said they didn't need to be on the album. No, yeah. I was sick when you said that today. Like, I listened to it again. I was just like, huh? I was like, Feel what? Feel production alone. Was yes. And yes. So like, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Controlling and One Dance, we kind of dogged them for having them back to back and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But those two aged really well. Yes. They really did. Really for all ages, mm-hmm. like for all like ages of people that's listening to it. Yep. And um, I'm gonna say that for legacy, but like the rest of all, I gotta say for legacy. But I will say that I kind of get up out of my seat for those two songs. Yeah. And I did it really once again. Like I definitely think we were two different people five years yeah, ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Facts. And uh, but I kind of like dancing to the to those yep. two. You know what I mean? Yep. So I'm not, I'm not, those are the two where I was just like, I really wasn't that into it five years ago, mm. but now I'm like, I'm not skipping those songs like I was before. Yeah. Like, like there, there's no way that I'm, I'm, I'm saying anything bad about Feel No Ways and Controller. <laughs> I love, I love both of them. And I was, I was kind of against most of his like Caribbean dance hall tracks in general. Mm-hmm. I never thought he was culturally appropriating. I think that that argument is kind of weak. Um, I, uh, for Drake, I think it's, it's a fair argument to, for people to level against an artist, mm-hmm. but Drake has never done anything but show love to the people who he's inspired by. Like if he's inspired by a, a dance hall artist, he puts them on a song, gives them exposure, get visibility. Like we talked about the Drake effect, um, all the time. And when I did that 20 for 20 series, like getting the Drake cosign is a serious thing. And he's not just like stealing from these artists. He gives back to these artists as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Pop can Popcon is signed to OVO Sound. Like like he's so I've never really thought he was culturally appropriating. Um, but I just the the whole new style thing is what I think I didn't like about it before. But now looking back, I realize like Drake was just trying to like advance his sound and like he mentioned in an interview that he wanted to make music that he would listen to and he really likes reggae and dance hall you know he's from toronto there's a big jamaican population there and so you know now i know that and i understand it and and like my tastes have have expanded and i think drake actually makes really good dance hall music i agree And, (laughs) and honestly you said exactly what i was about to say i didn't once i found out there were a big population of Mm -hmm. like the jamaican community or caribbean community in toronto yeah it made a lot more sense and i i no longer felt like it was cultural appropriate yeah yeah um let's see so my that's that's those were the main two songs that i think i said i didn't like before that i like now did you have any other ones uh no every other one i mean like i said we were pretty big on this album (laughs) yeah yeah i was actually surprised because i i i think i convinced myself i probably group think and just like peer pressure in the way everybody i convinced myself that views was not a good album like and then i went back and listened to the episode and i was like oh i actually really liked views 
when I first listened to it, and somehow between then and now, I was like, oh, Views isn't really a good album. And I honestly haven't listened to Views that much since it came out. And that's one of the reasons why I think Hype and Grammys, I still really like. Because when Hype came on, for the first time when I was listening to it for this, I was like, oh, I forgot about this song. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is this is actually kind of tight. Um, but listening to it now, I listened to it a bunch of times um, in preparation for this. And it's like, no, this is a really good album. And I would argue that it is it is like high in Drake's catalog. Um, I think 75% of the songs in this album, and it's a 20-song album, it's long, it's like an hour and 20 minutes. 75% of the songs are at least solid, like Drake deep cuts, if not like good to great songs. Yes, um, I agree. The album does suffer from cohesion, because he's, he's hopping around styles. He's got a dance hall song here. He's got a turn up song. He's got a deep rap. He's got an R&B slow, slow ballad here. Um, so it's not cohesive. But I don't think that's the fault of the individual songs. It's just kind of the way that it's packaged. Um, but I think if you take certain songs from these albums. Put them on another one of his albums. We wouldn't even think twice. Like, like it's not the song's fault. Like If you take Redemption. Uh, mm-hmm. Which we were really high on Love that um, the first time. Yeah, you take that song, put it on Take Care, fits right in. Ooh. Fits right in. You take Feel No Ways and Control It, put it on More Life, fits right in. Honestly, if he used that same concept with uh-huh. More Life with this album, with the interludes of yeah. like the DJ, yes. it would have fit perfect. It would have fit exactly. It I completely agree. Because this was not cohesive at all. That's a good point. Yep, That's yep. Um, let's see what else. I think I think the expectations for this album is what did this album in as far as like popular popular opinion. Um because he had been like nailing it, like he became one of the biggest stars in the world. You know, he he embarrassed Meek Mill and then he gave us that future collab tape that was dope. Then he gave us If You're Reading This Is Too Late, where he was like he was like rapping. Like he was giving people what people wanted, and that's why I think a lot of people like that album. Um, better than some of his others because a lot of people just want Drake to rap and he was really doing that on If You're Reading This Is Too Late mm-hmm. and he had even been rapping on Nothing Was The Same like he did some singing but he was giving us bars on Nothing Was The Same so I think between Nothing Was The Same What A Time To Be Alive and If You're Reading This Is Too Late people really like their expectations were sky high like yeah. they were like nah like he been rapping like this we need a Views album where like half of the album he's giving us deep bars or like he's giving us some turn up songs that'll last a long time and so i think our expectations kind of what he gave us didn't match with the expectations but what he gave us was still a really good album mm-hmm. um i still think he should have done a little less singing like maybe just yeah a tad I, bit less what? that is a bold he is a bold person because <laughs> he cannot sing he, <laughs> he is very bold i, I mean he I can't sing <laughs> You know what? If we honestly, because this is how I tell people, this is how I tell people, I'll uh-huh. just get into a quick spiel. If we heard Drake on the street, yep, and heard him saying like, "I want to be a singer," uh huh, and he nobody, just started singing like "Redemption" on the street, nobody would sign him. <laughs> they were like, "Nah, you ain't got it, bro." But you, nobody would sign. <laughs> and like you, you, you can hold a little note, you can but hold like, note, you ain't holding it for long enough. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But you think. I just think that he's really doesn't care anymore. No, and he's got he's got production that can like make it sound as good as possible on the album. And I've been to a few live Drake shows. 
he doesn't sing that much or like when it's a singing song he'll kind of like sing rap it and you you know how artists do at shows like when they're rapping they're essentially yelling like on on the record it's rapping but at the show it's yelling Mm -hmm. so for for drake on the record it's singing but on the in live it's like kind of sing sing rapping and he'll also like let the crowd sing a lot. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's been doing this long enough that he doesn't have to actually like really try and sing. Sometimes he does, and sometimes it's like, uh, okay, you hit a little note there, but like this isn't good. Like when you compare Drake to people who can actually sing, he can't sing. When you compare Drake to like you or me, sure, all right, mm-hmm. like all right, you can sing. You can sing. <laughs> you can hold a note. But I agree. I agree. He is bold because he. He sings like for half of most of his albums, and he's not a good singer. And it's like we have Drake has been so popular for so long, we just block it out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just like just block out. It's like as long as the production sounds like good enough, and like you make his voice sound good enough, sure. Well, I don't need something <laughs> deep about women, <laughs> right? You know, I'll listen. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you got sure. me. <laughs> um, let's see. What else did I have here? So, regarding the length of the album, how I feel about it now is I do still think it's too long. Yes. This is an hour and 20 minutes, 20 songs, and that's, like, and now nowadays with streaming, sure, like, you want to, like, flood the, the streets with as many songs so you can get those streaming numbers up. Especially if you drink. That's yes. easy money. Yes. Um, and, you know, they had, I think they had just started changing the streaming rules, like, 2014 maybe a couple of years where like 1500 streams is equal to one um what is it i think one album sale mm. so you know he was hip to that and so making a long album you know if you ask him he didn't do it on purpose he just he, he thought all of these songs deserved to be there but at the same time like having a long album benefits you in the streaming era mm. but i'm I'm getting rid of some songs here. If if like looking back on this, yes, I'm getting rid of Hotline Bling. Yes, like that song was already the biggest song in the world. We didn't really need it at the end of the album. It, it didn't forced. help. It like forced. it was forced. I'm taking that off. I'm taking off nine. Yes, I'm taking off. Still here. Still here. Yes. And I'm taking off Child's Play. And yes. maybe, maybe I'm taking off with you. Maybe the um the party next door. Uh, oh, it's about us right now, girl. Where, where you, you going? going? That one. Oh, you can take that. I'm cool with that. You can take off the interlude too. The the Magic Jordan one. Mm-hmm. The only reason I, like I, I decided it, to keep it was because that's the only thing that I think is keeping the winter summer theme going. Because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't even have like. I don't know where winter begins and summer ends on the album. Like, uh, no. But what about <laughs> spring? There is no spring. He's saying it's just winter, summer. He's saying it's cold, then it gets hot, then it gets cold again in Toronto. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. So, yeah, we could take off the interlude, too. So, when I took off those five songs, Hotline Bling, Nine, With You, Child's Play, Still Here. um, That's literally what I have right here. Nine, Still Here, Child's Play, Highlight. Yep. That's 15 songs now, and it's just over an hour. And I think that's... It's like okay, that's that's more in line with like what we that's expect. Cool. That's cool. Like I'll take that. I think the a safe range is like thirteen to fifteen. Yeah, or you can absolutely. Like Twelve to fifteen. Yep. And if you can keep it just like like maybe forty five to fifty two minutes, yeah. like I feel like that's, that's what people perfect. want. That's exactly what. I'm, yep. Around time, so I get tired of your voice. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, exactly. An hour twenty. I'm like, oh god. No. Um. Me now. We talk about work hours. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um. 
so yeah, that's what I would do. I would reorganize things, obviously make things a little bit more cohesive. Like maybe, um, maybe start slow, you know, have some turn up, go back slow again. I, you can't keep hopping back and forth multiple times. I think there needs to be like a, a smooth, smoother progression. Um, but in, even, even with those songs that I drop, I, I've grown to like a lot of them. I do like with you. I'm only dropping it because of like, he's already got a lot of like dance hall Caribbean like songs on there. And if I were to get rid of one, it would be that still here. I think it's catchy and I like the way he's rapping, but it's, it's not, it's nothing special. Yep. Um, but I think, I think this is a really good album. Yeah. I think Drake was experimenting with new sounds. He didn't want to sound like everybody else. And I think he succeeded there. You know, he, you know, for better or worse, he became known for borrowing like a different type of flavor, like almost every year. But I think whenever he does that, he really does a good job of like respecting, uh, you know, those cultures or whatever, those flows um, and doing them justice. Yeah. Um, so finally we can talk about legacy. Um, I think that views was a pivotal moment for Drake's career. I don't know if he felt it personally, but I feel like after it dropped, the pressure was put on him. Like, like this was the first time after he'd become a superstar that people began to wonder if like, yo, maybe the best of Drake is behind us. Like maybe, maybe it's not going to get any better than this. Mm -hmm. Um, looking back, I think that was a little unwarranted. Um, we talked about like this, this album is really good. I've talked before about how Drake has many styles. Like there is, I think I said this in the first episode we did about this album. He's got, um, many styles of music that he likes to make. And on views, he really gave us every single side. He gave us some good songs in each one. So really this was like Drake giving us views of himself like he was like giving us Mm -hmm. like this is this is drake and i can do this and i can do that and he gave us really good representations of that he's got caribbean dance hall drake he gave us controller feel no ways with you too good the rihanna song we even talk about that one that collaboration is really good and i completely forgot it existed bro they have such great studio chemistry oh it's it's crazy it's crazy that's a wonderful song i mean honestly Arguably, my they interchange with my top three songs on there. Uh-huh. Is Keep the family close. Ooh. Too good. <laughs> Faithful. Okay. I mean, like, cause like, feel no ways. Be getting up there, you know. Fire and desire. Sometimes, yeah. But, like those, those three, I can listen to them consistently. Like, and get yeah. Them out, get in my feels, you know. So. Yep. Um, and too good he gave us too good the same year they dropped work from Rihanna's album like they was in a bag and honestly I'm putting this in the atmosphere if Drake and Rihanna ever decided to do a collab album it would it would break the internet it would break everything I doubt that would happen it won't it won't I don't think it would happen but I think if they decided to it would one be incredible and two um, it would it would stream crazy like that would make so much money off that album (laughs) Um, Man. let's see. So that was Caribbean dancehall Drake. Yeah. Then you got confident rapping Drake, the one that's like just bragging. And he's aggressive. He gave us hype Grammys for that. Maybe even pop style. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's substance rapping Drake, the one that's actually Western got something flows. to say. Western roll flows yeah. easily my favorite song off that album. 
Um, and also views the the final track. He always likes to give us a good outro and a good intro. Um, they're singing Drake. He gave us Keep the Family Close, Redemption, Fire and Desire. Um, and then there are, of course, some crossovers um, amongst those categories. But he even gave us just some fun songs that don't fall in there, like Still Here, Faithful, um, that are just fun, good songs. Mm-hmm. Like, there's... There are only the five that I dropped, and I still like some of those, are ones that I would even think about dropping. I was going through the list, and I was like, no, nah, that's got to stay here. Yeah. That's got to stay here. Like Because he gave us so many good songs that I think we underrated because expectations were too high. Um, but I know you had some notes on Legacy, so what did you, what did yeah. you have? Yeah, man. I, I mean, I agree with you. And the five that I have that I would drop, which is pretty similar to the, is almost exactly the ones that you had. Mm-hmm. It's not like I would drop it off the face of the earth. Right. I would just drop it off this album. Exactly. And exactly. And that way this album would be like that much better. Yeah. He could take them and put them on Dark Lane demo tapes or something yeah. like as Lucy's. It's like, oh, okay. And I think them in their own like space would have been better. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? To me. Um, but legacy wise, you know, people were kind of dogging on about the Caribbean style. Yeah. And if you look at it from five years ago. Everybody has tried that. Yes. And so it's just like he kind of dealt with the 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 brunt of being a trendsetter. Exactly. Or being a part of the, I ain't gonna say he the first one, but right, right. being like kind of the first few people to start that wave. Yeah. Because you can't name an artist that is like singing or, or like an R and B artist. Mm-hmm. You can't name many of them that are in that pop space that yeah. hasn't got on the track with some Caribbean like, a, yep. like type beat or yep. whatever. And, and put it like this, look, in 2016, there were two songs, that, that um, dance hall songs that went to number one uh, of the the bill or the, of the Hot 100. I think they said it was the first two dance, halls to, dance hall songs to ever get to number one of the Hot 100. It was Work, Rihanna, featuring Drake, and it was um, One Dance. See? And so like... So say what you want, but like dance hall had never gotten exposure like that on this level, mm-hmm. um, and like this popularity, this many views—no pun intended—until um, <laughs> Drake. Yeah. So like you can't say that he's not giving back. You know what? Like getting that recognition and getting those eyes on a genre is a big deal, and it's also not like he wasn't like giving back to that. I remember he shot the "Find Your Love" video from uh thank me later in jamaica he had movado in the video movado hates drake now they they got real beef movado been like he's one of the main ones it's like no he culturally appropriating (laughs) and all that but like drake gives back and yeah i think the legacy of that is is really just a lot of haters to be honest i Um, agree what else you have i agree and i i said this in the original one i said like five years ago that i had to let this album marinate Mm -hmm. to see like, if I really will like the album in the long term. Yeah. And I think it's because, like, what you mentioned before, of, like, everything surrounding on when this album came out, people were looking at it the same, and they were kind of hard on it. Yep. But if they were to go back and listen to this album like we did, mm-hmm. they would really appreciate this album and then kind of forget about everything. Like, yeah. I completely forgot until I listened to the uh, podcast from five years ago that... Meek Mill and him were beefing. Like, now they're cool now. <laughs> yeah, like, they're cool. They got a couple songs together. Yeah, like, yeah. All, the, all the different things that was happening around there are completely irrelevant now. Yeah. And I can just listen to the music and be like, man, like, this, uh, this is my top two favorite 
album from yeah. Drake. It's really good. It's, it's, it's really, really good. good. Even it's Joe really Budden. Good. Joe Budden is one of Drake's biggest critics, and I feel like he oh, said right. like. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I feel like recently he was like, "Yo, views." Like he was like, "That's a sleeper." Like mm-hmm. he was like, "We was, we was, we was tripping." And it's like, "Yeah, we were." Yeah. yeah um, what else did I have for legacy? Uh, so Drake mentioned that this was the first album where, in the entire album, he was really discussing how he felt about certain events and his life at the moment, rather than how something affected him indirectly. Or like he was talking about, like how in his previous albums he was kind of rapping from perspectives of what other people had done to him and stuff like that. But in this album, he was giving us his perspective, his views, quote unquote, um, and discussing his new life and experiences in LA. He moved to LA uh, compared to his home in Toronto. Um, And he took all the elements that made us hype for this album in the first place. And he gave us pieces of each one. He took all of those styles, kind of like gave us a little bit of it. He, He explored new sounds. His flows on this album were incredible. Like he was... If you look at each song where he's rapping, like he's got a different flow on like so many of them. Like he's he was really like giving us like some good music. Mm-hmm. Um and that's not even mentioning the numbers. Let me give you the numbers. Let me run through the numbers on views, bro. I'm glad you didn't do that first, because it would have been <laughs> crazy. Bro. I had to save it for last. So views debuted at number one. Of course. <laughs> and it sold a million album equivalent units in the first week. So Essentially, an album equivalent unit is like it it constitutes streaming and physical album sales, or even like iTunes sales for an album. So he did 852,000 actual albums, like not streaming, like people either bought the CD or I think I think that counts if they like bought the CD through iTunes. He did 852,000 of those. I'm pretty sure I have a copy of Views around here somewhere. Really? Back when I was like buying CDs like that. Before Apple Music like really like took off, that was 2015. This dropped 2016. I think I was still buying CDs here or there. Like all the big albums and the big artists that I liked, I was like buying their CDs. So I think I have a Views album because I have a, I feel like I have a visual in my head of the book on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, he did 852 of those. He set a record number 245 million streams in the first week. And you got to think about it. The album was exclusive to Apple Music for the first two weeks of its release. Right. So in that first week on like just one streaming service, he did 245 million streams. Um, That record broke Beyonce's record, who had just released Lemonade the week before. um, And she had set that record on title. It was exclusive on title. Lemonade was a week before? Bro, 2016 was a crazy year. We got Anti, we got Lemonade, we got Views. Like, 2016 was wild, yeah, bro. Life of Pablo, right? Was that Yeah, January? that was 2016. Yeah. I think Coloring Book might have been 2016, too, by chance. Yeah, 2016 was wild. If you go wow. back and look at it, like, we got... Wow. We may not have gotten a better year yet than 2016. Um, wow. What else? Every song on the album made it on the Hot 100. 20 songs on the Hot 100, bro. Jeez, that broke no, uh, Even nine, bro, was on the Hot 100. Broke the record for most songs on the Hot 100 at the same time. It spent 13 weeks at number one on the Billboard 200. It spent 259 weeks on the Billboard 200, period. It's still on the charts, bro. It has not left the, the Billboard 200 chart since it released. It's currently at 119. <laughs> it was released in April of 2016. And by the end of the year, seven to eight months later, it was already four times platinum. It's currently six times platinum. Um, it was the most consumed album of 2016. So when you think of streaming and sales, 
and it was the second best-selling album of 2016. 15 of the 20 songs were certified, and they all went platinum, bro. Not one gold song. He sold at least a million copies of every song on the record. Um, two of those, One Dance and Hotline Bling, went eight times platinum. So they're likely going to go diamond at some point. When you think about One Dance, it was Drake's first number one record, which is kind of insane. Like As a solo artist, it was Drake's first number one record. I remember he was chasing his number one with a bunch of different songs, and he had got close with... Um, uh, that was a record. I don't even remember what song it was, but it went number two when it should have went number one. But like, he didn't get a number one record as a solo artist until One Dance, bro. And now he's had a bunch since then. God's Plan, What's Next that he just released a month ago. Um, uh, yeah, he's had a bunch of number one records since then. But One Dance was the first number one record. First one. First one. Um, and it's one of the best selling singles of all time. Uh, the album was nominated for Album of the Year, which is huge for a rap album. They don't get that Album of the Year recognition. And it was nominated for Best Rap Album. It didn't end up winning either of them, though. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I had to say it. I don't know. You know sorry. But, you know. Yeah. Um, we talked about the Drake effect but and how much he likes to big up other artists and give them shine. And he especially did that with his own crew on this album, the OVO artists. Party did background vocals and had a feature. Magic Jordan uh, did the interlude and Jordan produced a track. Uh, Division got a feature um, and he gave them the space for them each to do what they do best, like on his album in front of a big stage. And that's that's a huge thing as a label head, um, especially one as big as Drake. Um, I think Drake is very underrated when it comes to that, though. Yeah, and, and like... his artists on. Yep, and a lot of people can be criticized for that. Like, think about Rick Ross and Maybach Music Group. Where are they now? Nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Good music is... Even though Pusha is now the president, Kanye, you know, there was a lot of talk about how he didn't really, like, support them like he should. They need another, like, good music. Like, they need a, a Revenge of the Dreamers. That's what... Cause they don't do. even know who's in good music anymore. Like exactly, you know. Now we're hearing how Big Sean is not liking what he signed to, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> right, I but yeah, you're Drake right. Did a really great job, and like I would not know who the weekend was uh-huh. without Drake. True, I wouldn't be such a big Division fan. Yep, or a Magic Jordan fan. Mm-hmm. Or and I absolutely love Party Next Door. Yep, same. And it's all because Drake be putting them in a song, and then mm-hmm. he puts he is always on their albums yeah exactly except for except for the weekend because the weekend kind of like is big on its own now. yeah yeah but like yeah. everybody else drake is always on like mm-hmm. at least one song at album. least yeah it helps them out and boost them up he's a really good label and when you think of the artists that have been good label heads right now i think of drake j cole and kendrick yep like tde is i mean i guess kendrick's not technically the label head but because it's not his label mm-hmm. he's just signed to it but like he's the face of that label absolutely and he's always bigging up his artists they're a tight family that works together think about dreamville like j cole is honestly i think at the top when it comes to like artists who run a label who are like very invested and involved in the artists signed to the label's success uh, and Drake is exactly the same. And they're three of the biggest rappers in the game right now. And you think about it, I think the person who, I still say this, the person who did it the best was Lil Wayne. Yeah. Who was like one of the, once again, like I think he was a label head for like Young Money Cash. Yeah, Young Money, yep. yep. Uh, or Young Money. And so like, 
that exactly Drake is doing exactly what Lil Wayne did. Yep, for Nicki, for Drake, Tiger, um, Tiger. Yep, Tiger yep. is still relevant. He is. He still puts out a song every year that and, people like. And exactly, and I can say I can't say that about better. Like he's not as uh, a good of artist as people that was on uh, Maybach music. True, by far, but like. It's about who you sign with. Yep. This man has a hit every year. Yep. I can't yep. argue with that. Exactly. Um, at the end of the day, like Views is probably the most underrated album in Drake's discography. Um, and as we we await the release of his certified Lover Boy album, he himself has mentioned um, that they gon he was like they gonna hate Certified Lover Boy like they hated on Views, and he's kind of he's kind of like comparing them in his head so that already puts me in the space like okay so he's probably gonna do some some new interesting sound stuff but now i think i'm more ready um to not like I'm, my expectations i'm not saying i lowered them because that kind of sounds bad but like i know what to expect like i'm not gonna go in and judge drake because he didn't like rap like 100 percent on an album because like I know the the artist that Drake is, um, and I know that either way, no matter what he does, he's gonna give me a bunch of songs that I like, um, and so I, I have high hopes for Certified Lover Boy. Um, I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, do you have any final thoughts about Views? No, I think I said everything. I think I said everything. It was a good album. Mm-hmm. This, once again, I'm gonna say it like this was my top two favorite album from Drake. And uh, it, without the context of everything that was going on, I think this was an even better album. Yeah, it was a great album in the moment, like mm-hmm. we said five years ago. But like removing all that other drama around, yeah, and the politics and stuff, it was an even better album. I agree. So yeah, that's my final take on it. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Views, man. Like yeah, it's sure. like if we really want to talk about the worst albums in Drake's discography, it's a conversation between Thank Me Later and Scorpion. Like that's yes, that's what it is. Yes. Like, More Life was good. I know y'all tripped out about the whole playlist thing, but, like, whatever. It was a great album. I got with it. I got with it. <laughs> yeah. I ain't mad at it. Scorpion, nah, Scorpion we could talk about. And Thank Me I mean, I don't judge Thank Me Later too much. It was his first album. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to, you know, put the radio hits out here and all that. But, like. And that was about growth, too. He's grown. Exactly. Too, so I exactly. it in that context. Um, but, yeah, no more. There will be no more Views Slander. Views is a great album. I added a ton of these songs into my normal playlist so they can and keep coming up and I can keep listening to them but I would gladly go back and, and listen to, to Views again um, it's a good album I'm glad we were able to revisit it five year anniversary is crazy crazy um, alright so that's it for the Dig Deeper segment shout out to Joe for joining me in the studio once again yes sir um, you already know where you can find the podcast uh, T-O-T-B the podcast on Instagram Facebook Twitter um thinking outside the boombox.com is the website uh join that mailing list there's also tons of information on the website there's a tab that shows all the album releases for 2021 the ones that have come out as well as like the ones that i anticipate coming out um there's a tournament section that i just added with the new tournament that has pictures of all the brackets as we advance through each round and if you click the picture it It'll take you to the episode that corresponds to that. So if you wanna, if you didn't listen to the back in the day tournament volume one that found the best hip hop album of the 2010s or the R and B one we just did that finds the best R and B album, you can go to the tournament tab and you know join back in on those conversations. Um, the top album lists, top song lists that I do each year, those are on the website. 
So, you know, you know, go to the website and just, you know, scroll around, you know, you know, browse, <laughs> do some window shopping. Um, but you already know what it is. This is Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip hop and R&B news. Peace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.